Like, who the F are you to speak things like that? Because first of all, those are not true. Those are all freaking bullshit lies. This man, one day he's going to burn in hell. Like, it's 100%. Like, it... it So, like, honestly, fuck that. Fuck all that shit. Um, How are you angry with Snow Allegra playing in the background? Because I'm not the one playing it. It's very simple. Uh, I'm feeling, I, I mean, I think it's it's honestly making my afternoon better. Um, shout outs to, to the roomie for playing the soulful sound. I think it's, um, the I think it's the tiny, I think it's the tiny desk concert that's what it sounds like i've played that a few times in the household before um did you have your socks off no shoes with the swiffer going crazy no no no, no. i had uh i had my blue flag steady um of course um and then it was just me and the weed honestly i think i had some tea clap for me thank you thank you a round of applause for myself no, uh good that was that was it. That was it. That was it. Nothing. Nothing else. Oh, clap for me some more. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, see, the people appreciate me, as you can clearly see. Um, so I want to thank you, and thank my people for supporting me throughout my movements as the crowd continues to go crazy. All right, all right, Cody Rose, you just trying to put yourself over. Okay, here we go. You want your hey, Budweiser hey. TNT hey. title as well? Hey, hey, hey. It's either that or I'm going to lie to you about Matt Hardy having a concussion. So you tell me what you want to do. All hey, right. So you ready to go? Let's go. Hey, we can hey, talk about hey, that right listen, now. listen, listen. Um, this will never happen again on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Undisputed Hater podcast featuring Banks and myself, Doug, because apparently Coach has tornado issues. and he's I won't repeat what came out before, but Coach can't make it this week. So your host for this week, and you know what, honestly... For the foreseeable future because real niggas know it's only gonna, about us we're gonna get him out of here somehow we're gonna get cold this is his shit but we still it's, get it, him out of here this is what you call a hostile takeover so it's me it's doug banks is here and we don't need coach and to be honest according to the text on the apple watch he's watching so he can see the slander that's happening so i hope he knows that this is it you said I'm drinking vitamin water. Yeah, nigga, I'm dehydrated. Like That's your ass right. about to be in that heat out there. Mm-hmm. You can't turn that AC on. You can't do nothing. Didn't he say he lost his power? How are you texting me? Hey, on that five percent battery he got left on his phone. He on the mm-hmm. iPhone six with five percent battery left. Let me say something real quick for this shit go out. Now you might want to say that player. We're fucking cricket service and shit. Oh, that, he definitely like a nigga that got cricket. Let me go he in here, talk to them about this wireless. bill. <laughs> Let me go in there and talk about this utility bill. Be saying the whole name, old ass young nigga. Let me talk about this utility bill. The motherfucker, eighty six, sixty six. Motherfucker supposed to be fifty dollars. What y'all doing? And then Sir. he mother in law changing the thermostat and shit. He going through a lot. <laughs> he <laughs> going. <laughs> how you go on Twitter and air out your mom? I was a lot talking about the Thursday. I touched the Thursday at Warburg. Get your old ass up, nigga. 
I like like imagine if, imagine if uh, his mother in law had a tweet and just retweeted like do something nigga do something. Imagine if like his mother in law creates a Twitter and then like she pulls like a this you and it's like Marcus like politely talking about the thermostat like hey mother mom love you do you mind uh putting it back and then she'd be like nah nigga and then he's like okay and like acting like mad scared and shit because that's like happening he gets on twitter and then like he's just talking down to her and she's like this you with like a screenshot of the text exposing him that, that could happen listen AEW fan that's some shit an AEW but, fan listen, would do. He might, he might be an AEW fan. He um, is AEW. Let's be one hundred. Coach is AEW. That's why we want girl. He might be. It it all makes sense. Like when he, you really think he about hates, it, he hates one particular woman's wrestler. Mm. Wait, does he hate more than one particular woman's wrestler? We this week since we on it, we ain't gonna put her name out there. We just gonna be simp king. Um, so we're gonna start issues. He just literally hates us. He hates life. These karma, like, thanks, is one thousand percent on your ass today. Because I'm letting you know now. You know the problem, and the problem happened, and the pattern happened. So I'm gonna just say whatever you was trying to say. Fuck coach and everything he stands for. All right, in the most peaceful way that I can. Uh, if he comes back next week. He'll come back after hearing this slander from us to him of letting him know that, A, I still want my money for you trying to think that Roman Reigns wasn't going to walk out of payback as universal champ. Um, Also, there is continuous slander for whatever Oklahoma City Thunder you guys tried to pull off in your game seven last week. Um, So don't think you're going to come back and these slander topics are not going to be ready for you. Uh, Hot and served off the platter because... um, fuck you think this is um you may think this is your podcast but it's really not it's really ours we run this now um i never met a black thunder fan me either he's i didn't even think they exist he might be i mean i think i think okc had some black people there but um we can find out at a later point in life because who really cares about Oklahoma City? Nobody. Silius, what's his name? Silius Gillius Alexander. Oh, uh, Shy. I always get this, the second part name, but it's like Shy Gillius Alexander. I think that's the proper way to say it, but I, I'm probably wrong 1000%. Is he French? Why, why do you have three middle names? Uh, I don't know, but we can do some research. Nah, we ain't doing research. He's from Canada, actually. Uh, turns out, young, young boy. Oh, he's a cancer, born July 12th. Shout outs to him. Uh, Shy is a Canadian basketball player. Uh, but that's just going off of the general Google search. You know, they love highlighting their Canada basketball players. Um, But yeah, welcome to the podcast episode this week. Um, This is a special Labor Day episode. Don't ask us why we're doing labor on Labor Day, but you know what? The the money don't stop. It's really not a stopwatch. Um, 
We're here. We're not getting paid for this, Doug. We're not getting paid. We don't. And this is yeah, episode 16, by the way. Um, yeah, I don't really know how many episodes I can continue to do for free, if we're being honest. Um, but I guess we can bring that up once the, I want to say self-proclaimed true host of the show shows up. But uh, we're going to need to negotiate some rates soon because the data shows that uh, me and you are essentially carrying and the product that we have right now simply and accurately just like how former WWE stars are carrying AEW. Uh, let's just get right into it. You, Banks, we are approaching one year of AEW. Almost. Um, I believe maybe a week or two away from their first debut episode. Um, and over the weekend, they had their AW all-out pay-per-view, which seems to be like their big thing. Um, it came and went. Um, I was out and about. Uh, but I was checking the timeline to see it. Um, the Revival are your tag team champions. John Moxley God. is your world champion. Brody Lee is your Trash. TNT champion. TNT Ballweiser champion. And if that's not anything, those are essentially your your three your those are your three champions. And then the biggest story coming out of the weekend is what you didn't do. Um, so thank you, crowd. Thank you, crowd. Um, so over the weekend, uh, Matt Hardy had a match with Sammy Guevara. Um, I think it was, I didn't watch, but it seems like it was like some sort of a broken deletion match. Um, no holds barred and things of that sense. A regular street fight match of some sorts, and then I'll I did see them in the Jaguars. St- I did see them in the Jaguar Stadium. Uh, that's what they, that's what they are. Well, I think like the majority of this year is the Jag Stadium because that's how work. Um. So, what happened during this match? Uh, they end up on a scaffold. Uh, and. Looks like they're in a parking lot and they take a fall. Now there is a table there for them to land on. And while they go through the table, it is evident that Matt Hardy's head hit that goddamn concrete. And that boy was concussed and knocked out as well. Um, now they throw up the X sign. They almost looks like they should probably stop the match because there's legit concern. He looks legit knocked out. He doesn't know where he is. But then not only does he somehow pass, they continue the match. And then there was a second incident at the end um, to the point that one reporter said, this is either great selling about Mart Hardy or this is one of the scariest things that I've ever seen. Um, so following that, there was a lot of fair criticism about their protocol and concussion protocol and basically everyone going 
We all saw the same thing. Matt Hardy has no business finishing this match. Um, but then Tony Khan comes out and basically says that Matt passed concussion protocol. He was fine and all that. Uh, but then conflicting reports come out and say that Matt Hardy was still in the hospital and wasn't released until maybe a, the next day or the day after that. Um, but overall, consensus are you put on a shitty pay-per-view and now you're coming out of there with negative headlines about that. Um, and we're going on almost a year of their product. And even at a time when we thought, okay, MJF is going to win the belt. And he didn't. Moxley has been champ all year, if I'm correct. Thank you, crowd, once again. Um, yeah, it's just it's been about a year. It feels like it's been two fucking years. Yeah, Private Party and Orange Cassidy and and the list keeps going on and on. When are you gonna do anything with him? Why? What is it about the revival or FTR? I'll, I'll I'll give them the respect of calling them by what their names now. What is it about FTR no, no, that you want to still trash? Um, what is it about them that makes you want to put them? They just got there what three months ago, and you want to give them the tag belts and why? Now I know why. I know why they're doing this. It's because it's a business. And especially in a pandemic, you got to put these things on people who are going to keep you glued to the TV. And just like with the slander we get in WWE, right? The only way to really make these people marketable is by putting them on TV. Now, they're running in this space where they're essentially a fairly new company. And for whatever reason... They got to go with who you know, what you will see versus who we can build up. I don't think they've done a good job of balancing that, but you can't tell them differently. Um, but for us to be where we were last year and we were talking about all these indie talents that were about to take AEW to new heights and be in a place where WWE wouldn't let them cook and all that a year later it's the same company doing what every other company does and putting over old wwe talent and that slander can also go to tna because i know eric was your guy for a long time but like you have no reason to be putting him as your road champion hey, hey, in 2020 hey, hey, listen listen Th this is a plan they're trying to bring back team canada i figured it out they're going to get Scott DeMore or Scott DeMore is there. They're going to bring Bobby Roode over. Bobby Roode is home collecting checks, from my understanding. He wasn't released. He is still active on the roster. But I think Bobby Roode is just home in Canada collecting checks. I don't think you did. I don't think you need to anticipate to get But if that works for you, great. I think the thing I, I wonder with pro wrestling is how much do we actually have realistic expectations for some people? Because um, to me, if Bobby Roode left WWE today, 
I think he had a solid run. I don't know. I think one thing I always see is that people will tell you, oh, they just signed this person. They just signed a person. And I, and I take these things seriously because I, I am not. Uh, thank you, crowd, for your support. I am not uh, very big into indies in the sense of like knowing who to watch and what to watch. So like whenever someone signs to like NXT, I'll reach out to my friends that are really involved in indies and say, Hey, what's works. I've seen Bobby Roode on TNA. And I also just understood that when they signed him, he was like in his forties, I believe, or closing in on 40. Um, but for a dude who was basically like, and you are an impact person. So you can make, tell me if the comparison is accurate, but it, people always said he was like, the Canadian Triple H in a sense of like his style of wrestling and things like that. <laughs> um, like I remember, I've never heard that. I re- all right, I remember uh, Survivor Series. It's either 2017 or 2018, but they do the five on five, and Triple H joins Team Raw. Root is on Team SmackDown, and when they get into the ring. I remember my timeline being like, this is essentially the, this is the Spider-Man meme in wrestling um, of these two <laughs> pointing at each other. Uh, but he was NXT champ. He was tag champ and he was US champ with a banging ass entrance. I think he had a fair run. Uh, and I think certain people just should get to do certain things. Um on the flip side, there's people like like Kenta who came to NXT and did do nothing, but that wasn't really his fault. He was just injured all the time. But now he's in New Japan. He's making it seem like, well, my time in WWE was horrible. They didn't use me. But it's like, we couldn't use you. You were broken. You were literally broken. Um, but I think I we got to work out more. Tommy, whole shoulder was collapsing every bump. Every single bump, bro. Like, how many times can you do this? Um, similar to we are actually going through it now, right? Um, over the weekend, uh, closer to the end of the week, it came out that AOP has been given their release, um, and they're no longer with WWE. And you saw so many people clearly go, Oh, they were they weren't used right, and WWE failed them, and it was like, A, one of them couldn't stay healthy. B, they they did what they needed to do. They were just two really big dudes who were good muscle, who couldn't talk for shit. The only time we really paid attention to them was NXT. And they had they had uh, firing as their as their uh, manager. He didn't want to do the travel schedule, rightfully so. So he didn't make it to the main roster with them. Uh, and then they kind of floated around because there's not much you can do with them by themselves. They can't really talk. They're just big, right? Um, and they can only have so many, like, certain styles of matches. Then they had that little awkward shit with it, whatever they were doing with Drake Maverick, which was kind of weird. Um, but then they come back again, and they roll with Seth, uh, which wasn't a bad look. But then, once again, someone got injured, and now... Here we are. Uh, but people were so quick to be like, ah, WWE misused them. And it's just like, oh, they didn't misuse them. A, they were barely there. B, what did you really expect? And it's just like, every time something 
there's a reaction every time WWE does something. And it's never like, wow, maybe this was smart, right? It's never like reasonable. And it's just like, I, I get it, right? I'm not going to miss AOP. I'm never going to be like, wow, this is going to be a good thing for AOP. I will never probably watch another AOP match ever again, unless it's just like, like in the sense of like, I'm not going to go watch an AOP match. I'm not going to open up WWE Network and look for AOP matches. Um, but tell me how you feel, A, about AOP being gone, and B, yeah, give me a little bit more about this whole Bobby Roode Triple H situation. What do you think about that? I think the only thing Triple H and Bobby Roode have in common is a bad white man suntan and swole ass muscles with little ass arms because they both got T-Rex arms. Otherwise than that, they have nothing in common. As far as AOP, yeah, they kept getting hurt. I'm not going to leave anybody on my payroll that keeps getting hurt often. It's, they do it in sports all the time, especially in football, which is another physical sport like pro wrestling. If you get hurt, you just kind of get cut from the team. And that's where the goal So, uh, other than that, it, I, I, I'm trying to get away from talking to the fan boys about when somebody releases, you immediately say it's WWE's fault or anybody in general. But you got hurt, they cut you. It's a business, it didn't work out. It's a business, go elsewhere. If you're that good, you don't have to worry about getting booked, you don't have to beg to get booked. Somebody to pick you up. I know you want to be in WWE because they paid the most and they had a big platform. Well. Everybody can't be on the majors, and that's fine. Like, bro, it's just like in the music industry. Everybody shouldn't be on a major record label. Go get it yourself. Go do some Brazil shit. Go sell it. The product yourself. Sell them some merch yourself, and then try to go get books somewhere else. But otherwise, than that, AOP will probably go to AEW, and then they're gonna have to run FTR, whatever the fuck their name is. Like, against AOP. At that point, I don't know what type of name you'll have for them. They'll probably have a message to people be like, well, this is better than what NXT knows. Word, 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 word. Um, speaking of life, uh, a lot of things happening on our end. Um, Payback-wise, uh, we went through the phases, but we can talk about the after effect of that. So on Friday... On SmackDown, we had ourselves a fatal four-way uh, to determine Roman Reigns' challenger uh, for Clash of Champions. Uh, Banks, did you watch SmackDown, and what were your thoughts on it? I watched SmackDown Saturday morning. Yeah, I watched it Saturday morning. I want to. We're in a weird timeline where the NBA playoffs are home in September. So. I Try to tell people what was going to happen with me. Like, I'm going to be tapped in a wrestling, but I'll probably get to it like a day, two days later. Like, nah, as long as the playoffs is going on, I'm watching that. Then we get to the NFL, so we start third Thursday. So it's going to be very hard for me to keep up watching wrestling. So, yeah, uh, I like the four-way match. I'm just tired of seeing Sheamus, but let me be nice about my hate Sheamus. It was a good match. I like that. And I keep getting them to give one of the Usos some work because they stay hurt, but they produce. So going back to what we talked about, they do they hurt often, but they produce and they've been there so long where they have the leeway to be able to do this. So I, I like where it's going to do it because it also helps Roman. 
Gotcha. Um, looking forward to it. I think it's a bit of a story. I'm more, I'm curious just to see like how it turns out like in the long term. Uh, thank you, crowd. How it turns out the long term about uh, when the Usos come back. How does that work? I'm wondering if they are slowly building up him versus E because I noticed that Xavier Woods is like slowly coming back into the fray. He's not healed yet, but he is doing fucking smack and he is in the arena um, because the way Seamus took out Big E, it was like he knew Woods was showing up and it was his birthday. So I'm wondering down the line if we do get some type of collimation of like Usos, Roman, Bloodline, um, going off with New Day and maybe it's like Woods and Kofi, once they're back and Usos are back as a tag team, they'll do a tag title run and then you leave it with like Roman versus Big E for like universal title. Uh, but we shall see. Um, but ironically, I'm sorry to cut you off, that would be great. But knowing WWE, they probably won't give us what we want because that's too pinpoint accurate with our booking. And every time we think something should go. Wait, you should go because that sounds fire. Word. Um, now, as big as Roman is and as great as Roman is, I I think we'd be lying to ourselves if we said this was the biggest thing to come out of SmackDown on Friday. Um, I told you it was going to happen. You could check the old podcast episodes for whatever reason. You and our lovely co-hosts don't want to be a part of this movement. And y'all want to speak down on this, but you know what business is here and we turned up. Uh, we're here now and we're going to ride this out. Bailey, Sasha, the end is near. Um, so the end, is, the end is near. The end is here, bro. Listen, man, the ending of the whole story is here. We're, at, we're on the final run. Okay. This is the home stretch. Um, Friday, we had another tag team title rematch, uh, between, uh, Sasha and Bailey versus Naya and Shayna, another banger. Um, but they did plant the seeds a lot. Uh, Sasha took a, a nasty, uh, little knee bump and then Shayna just continued to work the leg, work the leg, work the leg. Um, and then it ended with Naya doing a cross body onto both of them and pinning them one, two, three. Um, Sasha really sold home the injury very well. Megs came out, they cleared out. Uh, Sasha was like, No, nah, I don't want it. I don't want it. Bailey was like, You know what? Everyone get out the ring. Let me take care of my mans. And then got her out the ring onto the apron. And then next thing you know, boom, kick to the neck, boom, punch in the face. Ah, ah, ah. And for the next five minutes. That work. Sasha caught in the motherfucking hands of God. Um, and they sold it very well. Um, even Bailey, like looking at looking at Michael Cole saying, It's boss time, huh? It's boss time, huh? And then even saying, like, this is what you wanted, right? Like, this is what you wanted. Because if you think about it, all this whole time, all year, Michael Cole. Uh, and even to a point, Corey Graves as well have both been like, hey, this isn't going to last long. So it was kind of barely going like, hey, you're going to be right. And I think at the same time, it was always inclined more, especially in the beginning, that 
it was Bailey who couldn't trust Sasha. Um, and it kind of did that all year round in the sense of like, there was always these glances of like Sasha looking at the title, Sasha clutching the SmackDown a little bit more. Um, but then in the last few weeks, you saw like Bailey do a little bit more shicey moves. Um, but it cultivated into one of the biggest beatdowns we've seen uh, since some time. Uh, Banks, how do you feel about where we're going with this movement? Once again, this is something they probably holding off to God knows when, maybe some series at the latest. But we knew this was going to happen. We knew shit. We knew this was going to happen when they teamed up. Um, this, this is all and all thing WWE likes to run the whole we feel but we cool again type situation. So give another two years and get a re up on some merch money from them because I still got to get the shirt they currently have, and we'll see them be friends again. Yeah, um, I thought it was very telling. Um... That we're almost approaching a year of this actual storyline. If you think about when Sasha came back um, last year, and then she was going through her phase, and they were kind of tying in Bailey and of like, how does Bailey feel about what Sasha's doing with Becky and stuff? Because Bailey had her own shit with with uh, Charlotte going on. Um, and then there's that episode where Sasha's beating up Becky on Raw, and Bailey comes out, and she doesn't know what to do. But then she just turns around and takes that chair and starts going off on Becky. Um, and there's a photo of Bailey hitting Becky with the chair. And then Sasha's just in the corner grinning and smiling. Um, and then, like, if you go through that, from that to where we are now, it's been basically a whole year of the storyline. Uh, I didn't realize it until the other day. Um, and not to really segue, just to kind of tie in. We've essentially gotten two storylines for pretty much almost a full year um, between Sasha and Bailey um, tied in versus with each other and now against each other, but also Ray and Dominic. Um, not Ray, Dominic. Well, Ray, Dominic, and Seth Rollins um, have now. Ray, Dominic, and whoever's beating up his pops. <laughs> that's all it really is. That That's really true. That, that's really what it is. Uh, but uh, more so Seth, but Seth and Ray don't really kick off until Survivor Series. <laughs> um, the night after, actually, when Seth cuts the promo saying, you couldn't even beat Brock Lesnar with your, with your stupid kid and your stupid lead pipe, <laughs> uh, which is which is definitely a rant, uh, definitely, a, definitely some bars there. Um, but that was that uh, for SmackDown for the most part. There was, I don't know if you noticed, there was this thing with like Otis um and then in the and the contract but like honestly man get that get that contract away from otis we don't no one cares about that shit um they doing all this like f- forgetting otis otis has the money in the bank they just like this man just eating pork that's all he gonna do i don't know what that man doing um but he gotta get his life together we gotta we gotta figure that out we gotta figure that out um for what it's worth Tonight is Monday Night Raw. Um, so we got to talk about Keith Lee, the boy. Um, niggas was, for whatever reason, not me, were too upset about this whole outfit shit and this whole music shit. 
we all got time for that. My man's beat Randy Orton. Not only did he beat him clean on Sunday in his first pay-per-view match, that shit was like five minutes, bro. And then the next night on Raw, they decide to do three triple threat matches to determine who faces. No, three matches. The winners of the match get into a triple threat to face Drew McIntyre, class champions. Uh, and Keith Lee goes up against Dolph Ziggler. And for whatever reason, every new talent got to take on Dolph Ziggler, right? So that happens. Dolph fucking gets to work. Uh, and then you go to the triple threat, and it's Keith Lee, Randy Orton, and Seth Rollins. And Randy Orton wins. Um, and, I mean, if you want more proof that our brother Randy Orton is down with the Black Lives Matter movement, what more do you need? Than his work with uh, fellow brethren, uh, Keith Lee. But I was just watching the match and I was like, these motherfuckers are selling for Keith Lee. Like they are determined to make him look good. And then if you watch the ending, like he does that, mind you, and I, I, I'm, go, I'm guessing they're going to go with the spirit bomb being his finishing move now. Um, over. What was it called? The Big Bang Catastrophe or something like that? His old finishing move. I think that's what his finishing move was called. Um, but he doesn't use he hasn't used that in his last two matches. It's been him, the the spirit bomb being his finisher. But Seth Rollins sold the fuck out of that shit. Um and then Randy Orton gets the RKO, and then Randy Orton does like this military flip over Keith Lee. That's pretty hilarious. Um but they are making sure he looks good and clearly protecting him. And it's lit. And I just want to say that. But what are you, if there is anything that you are looking forward to tonight on Monday Night Raw? Uh, I won't be watching because once again, the playoffs are going on right now. But Hopefully, Randy Orton has a T-shirt, not that little ass Hollister vest that he wears, and maybe some pants or some sweatpants. Because, hey, bro, you can't just keep coming into the ring with your draws. Um, the immediate playoffs only matter when the Lakers are on, not when the Clippers are on. So uh, I just wanted to remind you of that. Um, so, I don't know if. You, are we doing a basketball podcast or a wrestling podcast? Because we can I'm just we, here to tell we you talk basketball. I'm just here to tell you that this podcast don't give a damn about the Los Angeles Clippers. That's uh, the conference finals, Clippers in seven. Yeah, sure. If that's how you feel, if that makes you sleep well at night, then that's great. Um, but people like lying to themselves a lot, so I'm not too surprised. Um, but anyway, um, like. Oh, like they keep lying to us saying that we're going to get new. Hold on, man. I'm trying to figure out. WWE is kind of doing the same thing as AEW. They're saying that certain people are lying for push, but I can't really say WWE isn't doing that because there's a lot of people getting pushed. That push. Yeah, we don't bring the Clippers up here. We don't do that. We don't do that. Um, but 
I can't help but think about this Matt Hardy shit because now it's coming back across my timeline, and I really hope he's okay. And I, I'm going to leave it at that. Matt Hardy, I hope you are okay, and I hope can I you take can I say something about that real quick? Let's go on and speak on it. I hate to cut you off, dude, and I'm gonna try to be fast as possible. That man face was great after he took that bump. I'm not no scientist or no doctor, but hey, man, I hope Jeff never shows up there. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm saying. I'm gonna keep it light like that. Um, you know what? I thought his dude. I thought they were gonna say like his brain was leaking or something like that. Like he got a something. I mean, to be honest, they probably don't know what he did because they probably never checked him. Apparently, the doctor they have over there is the same doctor who wrongfully diagnosed CM Punk. So, you tell me what's supposed to be happening here. Uh, Another way to get back at WWE by taking fucking Dr. Kevorkian. I don't think that I don't think that's how that works. Um, but let's get into this other thing we got going on here. What is up with uh, WWE trying to censor their, censor their people? You want to talk about it? Somebody on my timeline said Vince is signing people to three sixty deal, and I left because a three sixty deal uh, in wrestling world. I mean, it's WWE, so people are still going to sign it. And to be, would you would you sign if WWE puts you up with their deal? You signing it or not? Nah? No, I wanna, I wanna wait till like there's more details about it because I did see something about like someone saying Vince McMahon telling the workers that like he even owns the rights to their real names, and I'm like, that doesn't even make actual sense no it's true uh john cena was on howard stern show in about i want to say 2005 and he said he doesn't own the name but john cena is not his full government name right no correct uh i don't know the ghost full name but i'm pretty sure he has but I think John Cena is actually his real name, but he doesn't own the rights to use anything else other than. Oh, interesting. Uh, according to Google, his full name is John Felix Anthony Senior Junior. He is a mm. he is an American professional wrestler, actor, rapper, and television presenter. He is currently signed to the WWE on a part-time deal and is the host of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader on Nickelodeon and has starred in various films. According to Wikipedia, of course. We got some of Renee Young. Um, as you all know, Renee Young is gone, but she did a... Did you listen to the podcast she did? Nah, a lot of uh, these people associated with wrestling companies, they go to different podcasts. I'm like, bro, who the fuck is these people they be podcasting? Yeah. So this one was uh, 
Sports Illustrated. Um, he's done a few of them. I think the first time I heard one was, I don't know if you remember last year when Seth like did a podcast and he just basically went off on everyone about how like, at, remember he sent those tweets out uh, basically calling Osprey broken shit. Oh, that shit um, was hilarious. Yeah, but then he went on a podcast. So this same dude interviewed Renee. He's done a few episodes with Renee. I kind of looked at it last night. Um, but she talked about like her leaving and all that shit. Um, and it was good. It wasn't like a. It wasn't what anyone. I think a lot of people anticipate like when people leave to like bash WWE and shit. And she didn't say anything like that. She did say like when backstage got canceled. That was like the sign. Um, and that was also the same day that she got COVID. Um, but she was like, that was kind of like the sign of like, oh, I think it's time to go. Um, she had heard about Talking Smack coming back. Um, but she said like, it wasn't going to be with Daniel Bryan. And it was going to be with another producer who's not even there anymore. So she was like, honestly, it felt like a step back for her. So it was kind of one of those things where like, I've done it all here. Let's, let's just go do something else. Um, I thought that was good. Uh, the only time that she kind of spoke negative was, I mean, well, not even negative, but she didn't mention it. She was like, they told her after Dean left that said not mention him, like don't tweet about him and stuff. So she was like, that was awkward. Um, Cause like, that's her husband and shit. Um, and then she mentioned like the PR people got like a little upset about it to her or like not upset, but they were like, Hey, we wish you would have let us know about when you tweeted about having COVID. Um, but she said like the exit was pure and she was like, everyone understands. She was like, it's very much like you've done it all. It's something's new. Um, and she was like, she loves them. And like, she's still going to do backstage stuff. Like backstage isn't canceled. Uh, but she still is going to do that. Um, and then she apparently has a much longer than a 90-day non-complete thing. Um, so we won't really be seeing her for much. But that was pretty much it. But it was a, it was overall like good podcast to just tap in on. You got some time for you. I want to talk about that you know, four-way Iron Man. Well, we can discuss it. I mean, because tomorrow night we're going to watch the conclusion of it, I guess. Um, but so last week on NXT, we had the fatal forward between Cole, Gargano, Ciampa, and Finn. Uh, a match that it, I guess it happened because it needed to happen, but like, it didn't really need to happen, but it ended in a tie. Uh, so we're tomorrow night on Super Tuesday part two. And maybe if I knew that Super Tuesday was two parts, it, I could have saw this coming. Um, but tomorrow night we will be having Cole versus Finn for the NXT title. I feel like um, I, I, I Finn needs to win this one. I don't see what you do with a third NXT title ring for Cole. I have no idea why he is still on the main on NXT. They need to get him called up. I don't know. If Triple H is just like, I refuse to let him go, but like he, him, between the four of them, 
if it was my way, it would really be like the losers leave NXT kind of thing. Um, I know Champa doesn't want to go to main roster. Yeah, I mean, I think from what we saw, um, smartly they eliminated right the crowd degrees one thousand percent. Smartly, at first I was wondering, I was like, all right, Riddle, Corbin, E, Sheamus. It seems like it's built for someone to for like Big E to do it, but I was like, I don't see it. Um, and I think that might be too fast. They got to hold off on that. Um, but smartly, Roman as this new guy uh, with Paulie by his side basically made a house call. Um, so Sheamus uh, attacks Big E before the match and basically takes him out. So it seems like we're going to get a triple threat. Uh, but then you see Caleb Braxton calling up, talking to Adam Pierce, and Paul Heyman pulls him to the side. Then we find out that instead of Big E, we've got Jay Uso um, doing this. And I'm like, did my mans make a house call to get the, to put the family on? You know, I get my niggas on, my niggas put their niggas on, you know? Uh, Samoan pride. This is what we do. We take care of the family the same way Rock put Roman and Hobbs and Shaw. Now Roman's going to give his his Samoan brother, who usually is always in tag titles, but can't really be doing much because his other brother's injured. You're going to give him a world title match. Give him an opportunity. Um, I appreciated the little heelish things they did of like Uso coming up to him saying, yo, I appreciate it. You guys looking out. And he was like, ah, nah, Paul made the call. And then he was like, I know your brother would have got, would get the win. So like, let's see you do something on your own for once. And that was kind of like a subtle shot. Um, but it was a good overmatch overall. I loved it. I loved the pace of it. Um, Riddle taking to taking the pin, I think was dope. Um, and that was a good look. And, um, they're not moving rocket shit with Riddle, but they're, they're going to slowly build that out. And you can still see that him and Corbin are going to keep going, which I think is also good, too. Um, and then even to start the night off, you got a nice little promo from Roman and Paul, especially explaining things, um, which kind of goes into, like, the respect, the type of champion he is. And he was like, listen, you can't have a fiend as your champ. You can't have a monster as your champ. There's only one. There's only one who knows how to do this thing, who has the pedigree, the prestige, the background, and it's only this guy. Um, and Paul did spin it as like a, he saved me. I was in the gutter. They left me for dead, and he saved me. And then they tied it into him. They was like, you did the same thing to Roman. He left. You gave his belt out to people. This man battled a life threatening thing. He came back and you this is what he sees, and it's like this is not this is not how shit works here. Um, but now we've got classic champions, Uso versus Uso, uh, in the sense of family, family ties all around. How do you feel about the prospect of Roman versus Uso at Classic Champions? It'll be great, it'll be different. Uh I was see right now, they're just kind of holding off the big English. Because he might go over at Royal Rumble, but I like where they're going with this. Like and Gargano, and even if you take out Balor, we're looking at the same NXT title scene. 
for the better part of the last two years, there isn't really many other people to include. It's really been Gargano had the title, and then Alistair had it, and then and I'm, that might be opposite on on that part because I think Gargano, uh, I think, uh. I'm sorry, Alistair won it, and then Ciampa took it from uh, Alistair, uh, and then they ran through that, and then Ciampa obviously got hurt, and then it's been Cole um, and Gargano. So you're, you're really, honestly, you can trace back to summer of 2018, essentially, um, of like Champa having the title, and these guys essentially just been in the part. So I think it's just time for a shake up there at the top. I don't know when this draft is happening, but um, for NXT, how do you feel about what's happening with the future of it? They gotta sign more people, but once again, we gotta remember that it's, it's just a development league. It's just on TV, so I, I opposed to I just put the air going to the main roster because we know that booking can go bad. But but I like what's going on right now. I definitely got Adam Cole. Going over tomorrow. Word, 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 word. I do hope uh, the match will be fire. I don't think there's any doubts about that. Um, I do think there's all, and there's also a steel cage match tomorrow. Um, and it's funny, right? We, we talk about like I just talked about like world title and everything being up, but like you can see it in like the women's division. They're kind of building it up because uh, you have tomorrow. You have Rhea Ripley versus. Mercedes Martinez in a steel cage match. Um, so you have that story going on. You also have Candice LeRae and Tegan Knox in their little story. And then you also, and that's two storylines outside of what the women's championship seems to be still. Uh, EO versus Dakota Kai with a little bit of Raquel, uh, Raquel in there looks thin. Um, so hopefully tomorrow night closes a chapter. And then we get a new champ, and then we get some new movement going on and some new blood. Um, any last takes? Any last things before we hop on here and go enjoy our holidays? Uh, I'm not going to be doing shit but playing Tony Hawk. I will say, if there's one thing I've learned over the weekend, I am not as good as Tony Hawk as I used to be. Um, I got to get my combos up, but there's, I just got to put in more time. Um, but if we skating, we skating. So shout out to everyone that's got Tony Hawk and not a shout out, but you motherfuckers that bought 2k this weekend. What were y'all thinking? You didn't have to do this. Talk about Um, it. You didn't need it. First of all, they're scamming you, right? 2k. There needs to be an honest conversation about 2K. 2K is now in the same place as Madden. Um, Exclusive rights don't do good for any company. And the way that we complained last year about WWE 2K, 2K21 isn't on that same level, but there's a rightful conversation to have about how much work did y'all really put in, especially knowing that there's next gen app. Um, I know for me, when they announced the cover athletes, and then it was like, if you buy the Kobe edition for the PS5, uh, you don't get 
the Kobe edition for PS4 and vice versa. I was like, wait, what? That sounds like a scam. Because the way they have it set up, I believe, is like, if you buy the Kobe edition for PS4, you get the Zion edition for PS5. But if you buy the Kobe edition for PS5, they're just going to give you 2K Damian Lillard's version for free on PS4. And I'm like, rightfully so. If I just want the Kobe cover, then fucking give me the Kobe cover that I asked for regardless of the system. Then it comes out that if you get 2K21 for PS4, right? And we all know how they love their VC. You build all of that VC and none of it's transferring over to PS5. And if that wasn't enough because i know how much the streets put into that vc if that wasn't enough of a sign of like what the fuck is happening here i don't know what to tell you um but now all of a sudden i'm seeing people over the weekend and people are like this 2k shit is trash you know i'm like well who told you to fucking buy it there is a new if 2k didn't even bother and this is what was telling. And I and it was a, I think it was an article on Medium. Uh, I'll find it and share it with you. But someone had put it out that they thought 2K was actually going to be delayed. Because they were like, 2K has not put out any content about the game. And if you think about it, there was they took hella long to do a cover athlete. And then after they did the cover athlete, maybe like a week before, you got video about my park there was nothing about my gm nothing about my career anything like that um until the very last minute and the one thing people kept saying was like yo this looks the same as ps4 you changed nothing but gave them new clothes to wear in the game um so if you bought 2k21 if you spent your hard-on money on that Congratulations, you played yourself. If you made your woman buy you that, she deserves to cheat. Frankly. Right? We work hard no, as men to no get women to buy our shit during the season. The season is going on at a weird time. Why the fuck do you buy 2K? It's still the same game. If we're being honest, I think a sign for me, because video games, they can move quickly depending on the assignment. You mean to tell me they couldn't find a way to include some type of a bubble in here? Because honestly, if I'm going to buy a basketball game during this pandemic, I would much rather, and I know, shout out to my friends uh, that do PC gaming, because this is the thing they tell me you can always do on PC gaming, um, is you can modify shit. So I see friends who play P- 2K on the on the PC and they play in the bubble. No crowd. It's just they, they mocked up how the bubble looks. But for the actual 2K game developers to not even include a bubble, and it wouldn't be hard, right? They already have a scrimmage uh, scrimmage setting. You can take what they do in the scrimmage setting and just call it the bubble arena and put no fans in it, and they could have whacked that out. So for there to not even be like a bubble in a sense, it's just like, yo, what are we doing here? Um, I... We'll continue to play my 2K20. Um, Shouts to Champ for copying me 2K20 last year. And I still be still riding. Um, I think when I get PS5, I'll just get 2K just for the fuck of it. I'm going to just get the Kobe cover because we got I got to do it for Kobe, honestly. Um, 
But yeah, if you if you bought 2K this weekend, you're a fuckboy. That was you. That was you that bought that 2K. That was you. I love yourself more. Just like how you bought Domino's or was about to buy Domino's. Don't buy 2K. Right. Um, don't be me. Don't be buying Domino's in the middle of the night. I didn't do it last night, but we overcame. Um, God gave me a sign, but don't be buying Domino's. Don't be buying 2K. Um, don't be slandering Caleb Braxton because that's just what we oh, no, that's just not what we do. The simp level is back. Oh, no. Please. Please. I risk it all. Amen. Well, it's a holiday, so it's time to enjoy it. You know what it is? Um, for myself, for Banks, for that bitch-ass coach and his tornadoes. Fuck a tornado. Really Fuck a tornado. tornadoes. Or tornado came around his room and he didn't know what to do? Southern California, much like Arizona, my eyes don't tears. Nobody's thinking about you. Ooh, no, no.